peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray. We thank you, God, for this opportunity to gather here to listen to your word proclaimed. We ask that it would touch our hearts so that we can touch this world with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What do you want out of your life? What is it that if, if you could wave a magic wand and be living your best self, what would you be doing? What would you have? Where would you be? Well, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this. And, and so one way some folks suggest to do this and to get what you want out of life is to create a vision board. So I'm going to do that today. So let's start. Okay, what's a good color to use? All right, here we go. All right. So I think I want this new electric Ford F-150 Lightning. I think that would be great to have. Um, now, granted, the way I like my cars and trucks to be is, by the way, I can't draw. Um, I, they got to be souped up, though, uh, because turns out I actually like toys more than I like trucks. And so, you know... Um, with the lightning on the side. There you go. Uh, so that's going to be about $96,000. All right. Well, and you know what? I would also like, some of you know the glory of this. I want to live on the lake. I think that would be really sweet to live on the lake. I mean, there is one close by. I'd have to drive a little farther from work, I guess, but that's not too bad. So, I'm going to put it on my vision board. So, oh, well, if you live on the lake, what do you have to have? A boat. Got to have a boat. I would love to have a boat. Should it be a sailboat or a pontoon boat or a speedboat? What do y'all think? Some of y'all know. Somebody else's boat? Um, <laughs> somebody, somebody once told me the two best days in your life is when you buy a boat and when you sell your boat. <laughs> I'll, one of these days I want to find that out for myself. Um, so, let's see. What I, you know what? I've always, always, always wanted to publish a book. By me. All right. Um, I'd like to be skinny. And strong. Uh, what else? I think, oh, I want a doctorate. I think, I, you know, before it's all said and done, I want to go back to school and get a doctorate. But don't worry, I don't have to go back to school. I can just, so. And, you know, while I'm at it, I want my kids to go to college well one of them's about done but the other one you know we still got to do that so speaking of expensive oh this is going to be about 1.2 million for the lake house that's going to be about 800 million for the education um <laughs> but i mean so here's my vision board this is what i want out of life if i can have the perfect life there you go now the truth is some of you may actually have this already some of you are already skinny and strong. Some of y'all live on the lake. 
Some of you have your doctorate. Some of you have your college degree, and your kids do. Maybe some of you have written a book. I'm not sure if any of you own the electric truck yet, but you'll probably get it before I do. But I got my vision board here, and so this is what I'm headed towards. I, but I guarantee you that if you had a vision board to make, it would look pretty different. But all of us have dreams of what it would look like to have that perfect life, don't we? What we need to do to get there. Now, see, the problem with this is the way that we get our visions and, and, and what we want in life um, usually comes from one of three places. Number one, ads. We see ads on, the, on, on TV, on the internet, in the newspaper. Not that anybody reads the newspaper. But if we did, there were ads in there back in the day. They're in magazines. And we see, like, perfect bodies or, or nice clothes or wonderful homes or great cars. And we say, I want that. Or perhaps we have friends that have these things. And we go over to their house on the lake and get in their boat and, and then they take us out for lunch in their electric truck and you know show us their book on the bookshelf and you know all their degrees and it's great and they and, and you think to yourself I'd like to have that and, and so we see these things and we want these things now a lot of times it stops at that you know we're, we're at their friend's house and we have just this little twinge of jealousy, you know. But that's about it. You know, you say, man, I wish I had what they have. I would love to live here. That would be awesome. But sometimes it gets a little worse than that. Sometimes we get grabbed by the green-eyed monster. Prisons are full of people that have been grabbed by the green-eyed monster. That, that they decided that they wanted something that someone else had so much that they were just going to take it. You know, I love that 200-inch television, and I deserve it more than she does, so I'm going to take it. He's my man, not yours, so I'm going to take her out of the way. Things like this can really burn inside of us. Now, hopefully, we won't take it to that degree, but still, there are times when that green-eyed monster can, can really grab hold of us and start taking control. Like, for instance, maybe we don't want to be around people who have what we don't. I know early on in, in my married life when we were trying to have kids and we were struggling to have kids, it was difficult to be happy every time one of our friends was pregnant. And it seemed like it was in the water at the seminary. Every time you turned around, people were getting pregnant. Even the guys were getting pregnant, it seemed like. I don't know. But it, it was, it, admittedly, it got hard to be around them. Not because I didn't love them, not because I wasn't happy for them, but because I was jealous. And I wanted something that they had. I wanted something more. And you see, the thing is, when that jealousy grabs hold of us, we, we begin to, to make decisions based on that jealousy. We start to do things that maybe are out of character for us, not only staying away from people, but we might damage relationships that we have. We might do things that uh, might be morally questionable along the way. You know, take a little something here, take a little something there. Nobody will know. Or maybe we'll just 
whip out that little plastic card and get what we want right now and then pay the price later. Times about 25%. That green-eyed monster can really grab hold. And when he does, things can get, well, interesting to say the least. And here's the thing. This vision board that I have right now, it looks very different than it used to. Say like when I was in seminary. When I was in seminary, you know what? I didn't care about a house on the lake. I just wanted a house with a dishwasher. Because up to that point, I was the dishwasher. And I was not a good dishwasher. You know, I just wanted to graduate. I wanted a job. I, I, I wanted just enough to get by. It's amazing how different my vision board looks now. Because then all I needed to have that perfect life was just those things. But when I got those things, well, then I wanted more. And then I wanted more. And then I wanted more. Is it just me? See, I think that's why Paul wrote this part to his friend Timothy, the leader in the church. And what Paul was saying in the church was this. He said, you need to be content with what you have. He said, you're rich in so many ways. Be content with what you have. Right? That's, that, that's good that, that is great advice. Because he says, the root of all money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, I want you to hear that correctly. Because a lot of people say, money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's not the money itself. It's the love of that money. It's when that green-eyed monster takes hold of us. And we want something so badly that we'll do anything to get it. We'll pour all of our time, all of our energy, all of our effort in, into getting what it is that we want. No matter what, who it hurts or what it breaks along the way. But the way to combat that is being content. As we are content with what we have. Then the green-eyed monster doesn't have hold of us anymore. Money is not our master. We master our money. We aren't slaves to our stuff. Our stuff is our stuff. You see, that's what contentment does. So, how do we be content? What does it mean when we are content? Well, the first thing that we can do to be content is to be thankful. And so, y'all have heard me say this before. First thing you do in the morning, or one of the first things, after your coffee, of course, is to write down three to five things that you're thankful for. Three to five things that you're thankful for every day. Try to, you know, don't just give some thought. Don't just family, friends, you know. Give some thought. What are you thankful for? And when you realize what you're thankful for, and you pay attention to what you're thankful for, well, then you realize what you have instead of what you don't. And the second way is what, what Paul talks about at the close of this section. Where he says, you know, to those who are rich, 
Now, this is interesting, right? Because what do we usually hear about rich people in the Bible? Mm-mm-mm. Oh, man. If you're rich, you're toast, right? And we struggle with that. Well, some of us do. It's like, well, I'm glad I'm not rich. But the truth is, in the world standards, we are all quite wealthy. We are all rich in the world standards. And which makes us, well, get a little antsy sometimes. But here's what Paul says. To those who are rich, be generous. Be generous. So if we want to be content, be generous. Give away some of what you got. Not all of what you got, but some of what you got. Now, we talk about generosity a lot in the church, right? I mean, it's one of our six signs of living. Give generously. But we don't often talk about how to be generous or even why to be generous. So I'm going to help you out with that. How to be generous. Number one, pray. It takes strength to give your stuff away a lot of times. Because we work hard for what we have. And and there's this... There's this mindset in the back of our heads, well, we might need that. My garage is full of stuff that I might need one day. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you actually know how to throw stuff away. I mean, I've got a collection of screws. I don't know what they go to, but I might need them one day. Let go of that stuff. Let go. And and so, intentionally give. So much of the time, our generosity is something that we just do. It's like, you know, the same thing, like we give the same 25 cents every week to the church that we have given since our parents handed us the quarter when we were children. And now we take that quarter and we put it in the plate. So much that we don't even think about the fact that we're putting a quarter in the plate. And so we're missing what generosity means. Because we're not being generosity, we're generous, we're not even thinking about it. Generosity is intentional. It means that we actually take time, stop, and realize what we're doing. Because the truth is, we need to understand why we're being generous. Why do we think that the church asks for generosity? Well, the church needs to pay its bills. Well, the pastor's got to pay for his car. Well, uh, we've got to, we, you know, we, we says so in the Bible, so we better do it. And we've got to do this. That's not why we give. That is not why we're generous at all. Are all those things true? Yes. But that's not why we're generous. And it says so right here in 2 Timothy. It says, because when you do, you grab hold of life that really is life. You want to know what the good life is? It's being generous. It's giving away stuff that you don't need. It's, and, and realizing What you really do need isn't as much as you think it is. It's not being controlled by your money or your stuff. It's giving away. It's releasing all of it. Because when you aren't held onto by what you have, and instead you have what you have, when you give it away, that's when you get a hold of life that truly is life. Generosity is great when it touches other people. But the truth is, it always touches you. 
when you change a life with your generosity, it changes your life. That's why we're called to be generous. Not only do people need what we have, but we need to share it. Because that's how we're made. That's who God calls and creates us to be. Grab hold of the life that really is life. Be content with what you have. And give it away. Amen.